0: There's a big difference between a mere concern and a calling from God. More from the life of Nehemiah next.
1: If you have a burden on your heart for your own life or for your marriage or your family or your neighborhood, say, God, here I am. Grant me power to be able to accomplish what you've placed on my heart to do.
0: Welcome to Moody Presents with Mark Jones, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger, and we're continuing our study of the intriguing life of Nehemiah. Boy, his heart was really stirred for the destroyed city of Jerusalem, and he was burdened to do something about it. He just wasn't quite sure what or how. There's so much to learn about the process that he went through with God to discover those next steps. And today, Pastor Mark leads us in part two of Owning the Ruins, and what it means to act on a heart that is burdened to rebuild. By the way, you can catch up on any past broadcast you might have missed at MoodyPresents.org. Here's Pastor Mark Jobe now with today's Moody Presents.
1: There comes a time and a the day, there comes a place where God begins to work supernaturally, powerfully, and where our vision is changed. Now what happened on this day, I don't know, he had heard about Jerusalem many, many, many times before, but on this particular day, at this particular moment, maybe because of changes in Nehemiah's heart, maybe because it was his brother telling him the story, but somehow this hit close to home, somehow this old problem became graphic. And for some reason, on this day, at this moment, at this time, this this old, old problem became unacceptable to Nehemiah. Some of us have to reach a point where our problem becomes unacceptable. Unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. It's not something I'll tolerate. Not something I'll live with. Not something I'll put up with. Not something I'm going to embrace for my family, my children, the generations after me. Not something I'm going to close my eyes to and just act like it's always been there and life is always that way. There comes a point in time where God stirs up our heart and gives us the courage to say, no more. Nehemiah woke up to the tragedy of the city that was called his city. Suddenly, he began to realize, Jerusalem, the place that I'm from, it's devastated, it's torn down, it's old, it's been that way for years, but it's not God's will. It's not the way it should be. It's not the way it's meant to be. And when I have a vision of what God has called it to be, and my reality doesn't match up with what God has called us to be, it generates an inner problem. It's called a burden. I don't know if you've ever had a burden. A burden is something that comes over you because you have a vision of what something could be, but your reality doesn't match what it could be in God. It's called a burden. It's heavy on you. It weighs you down. You can't shake it. And maybe you go to a family get-together, a family party, and you haven't been there in a while, but now you're a believer. And you show up at your family party, and you have all these fond memories of your aunts and uncles and family gatherings. But you go to this family party, and you notice that one of your uncles is getting drunk and slobbering over himself. And one of your nieces and nephews have dropped out of school, and now he's hanging out with shady individuals. And you hear rumors that he's hanging out with gangs. And your cousin... Their marriage has fallen apart. And your other one, they're fighting and bickering among themselves. And you walk away from the family gathering and you have a burden on your heart. Because you have a vision of what it could be, but your vision of what God wants it to be doesn't match the reality of what it is. And you can't shake it. The next day you think about it. How can my family be so messed up and people that I love be in such turmoil and chaos and it doesn't release you? That week you think about it often. For a week you're still waking up and concerned about it. It burdens you. It weighs you down. It hovers over you because now there's a problem there, and you've been awakened to the fact that that problem should not exist that way. There's a tension between what you see could be and what is. It's called a burden, a God-given burden. Nehemiah, here's the story of Jerusalem. The walls are torn down. The people are in disgrace. And he says in verse 4, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. Leads me to my second point. I want you to write this down. You see, our hearts will be moved and our spirits stirred often before we determine what action we should take. Sometimes you're burdened by something, but you don't know what you should do about it. Has that ever happened to you? You get weighed down by something, but you say, what can I do about it? I don't know what to do. Your heart's awakened. You're realizing it. You look at the condition of a place, of a family, of a life, of a city. It may be the city you live in, the neighborhood you're in, it may be your family, it may be your marriage, it may be your own personal life that you suddenly wake up and look at yourself in the spiritual mirror of the word of God and you take your sleeve of faith and you wipe away the fog of sin and discouragement and look at yourself and realize I am not who I should be. This is not where I should be spiritually. And you get a burden about change in your life. Where you're woken out of numbness. You look at your neighborhood. Some of you right now live in communities where you're just getting sick and tired of hearing of another 17, 18-year-old boy getting shot and killed. We live in a city where there's 7 to 800 homicides a year. A year. Now when a 17-year-old Hispanic boy is shot and killed in a corner, it doesn't even make the front page of the Sun Times or the Tribune. Because we become we become so used to some gangbang kid getting shot and killed that it doesn't phase us anymore. Just life part of the city, just the way things are. And we become immune to the way, th- the, the, the way that God has called it to be. But there comes a day and a place where there's a burden in our heart, and we don't know what to do about it, but it so grips our soul, it so touches our spirit, it so moves us that it's hard for us to function because deep inside we know something needs to change. Nehemiah became so burdened with this image of a broken down Jerusalem. He didn't know what to do about it. He wasn't in a place to do so. He wasn't a prophet, wasn't a preacher. He didn't live in Jerusalem. It was 800 miles away. But deep inside of his heart, he knew something needs to change. It's a burden on his heart. A vision of what could be, but it's not yet. Now about 500 years later, just the same way that, Je- that Nehemiah wept over Jerusalem, 500 years later, there would be a man born in Nazareth, born in Bethlehem, that would look over the city of Jerusalem and that would also weep, not weep over the torn down walls or the torn down temple because the temple will have been rebuilt by that time, but he would weep over the spiritual condition of the city. It tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In a parallel gospel, it says, and when Jesus saw the city, Jesus wept over the condition of the city. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes our heart becomes so callous, so hard, so used to the problem That it doesn't shock us anymore. We don't weep anymore. When we should be weeping. You say, Pastor, I don't have any more tears to cry. I cried years ago, but I've stopped crying since then. I've just gotten used to it. I live with it. Sometimes God has to stir up our tears again. Move our hearts again. Stir our spirit again. Sometimes the things that we should really shock us need to shock us once more. Sometimes we need to take our arms from off that problem and say, you know, problem, I am not your friend. I will not tolerate you, accept you, embrace you, put my arm around you. You are not to be in my life. I have a vision that's given from God, and it's a different vision, and my vision does not include you, problem. Amen. You see, sometimes you have to get stirred enough to be able to realize that you, you have to take action about it. And, and, and see, the next thing that Nehemiah did, he had a burden. It weighed heavy on his heart. He wept. And then it says, and for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. When you understand in your life that your life is not where it should be, your marriage is not where it should be, your family's not where it should be, your community's not where it should be, your city's not where it should be, your nation is not where it should be. When God gives you a vision of what it needs to be, but it's not there, and there's a burden on your heart that gets a grip on your soul, and you can't shake it, and you say, What do I do about it? What you need to do about it is what nehemiah did the first thing that you do is you fast and pray about it to make sure this is a god thing and to discover what is it that god really wants you to do about this because i believe it's in the time of fasting and prayer and seeking god and marinating before god's presence that he gives us clarity in terms of our direction Sometimes we react quickly about something, and if you react quickly without prayer, typically you'll react in the flesh and not in line with God's Word. Other times we just pray, 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 and God says, okay, now get off your knees. You've done praying. Now it's time to do something about it. And so it says that he went and he began to fast and pray and talk to his friends about it. And while he was fasting and praying over this burden, while he was trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? And God, what are you doing in my life? And what should I do? And what steps should I take? It was during that time that God began to give clarity to his mind and spirit about what he should do. And I believe that oftentimes that's what God wants for our life, that, you see, a a, a vision is, is like delivering a baby. Sometimes a vision is birthed within our heart and spirit, a vision of what we should do or become or say, a vision of how we could change things. But if we act too quickly, it's like delivering a premature baby. That baby will not survive on the outside because that baby needs to be fully developed before it is presented and comes out into the world, right? Well, a vision is that way as well. As God is working in your life, sometimes you need to percolate on it, pray about it, seek God, look into the Word, get counsel, begin to ask God, prepare me, God, to do something about this. Prepare my heart, prepare my spirit, get me ready so that I can take action because there's a difference between a mere concern and a calling.
0: You're listening to Moody Presents the weekly teaching ministry of Moody Bible Institute President Mark Job. Now, Mark is also the senior pastor of the growing New Life Community Church right in Chicago. And the title of this series in Nehemiah is Rebuild Your Life, Your City, Your World. And there are so many practical things to take away from this book for your own spiritual life. Maybe you'd like to listen again. Well, you can always do that at moodypresents.org. That's Moody Presents. Org. Also, check out the free Moody Radio app. It's easier than ever now to bookmark and access the teaching on Moody Presents. Again, go to MoodyPresents.org to learn more. You know, Pastor Mark says that we are exposed to great, worthy causes every single day, but they don't all represent a calling on your life. Your heart, history, and burden will be hardwired to that call. More on this as we conclude part two of Owning the Ruins. And here again is Mark Job on Moody Presents.
1: How many of you know that we're bombarded by good causes all the time? You flip on the television and there's a little three-year-old boy from Africa with flies around his face and looking anemic and and, and starving, and someone gets on and says, please help these children in Africa. That's a good cause. But let me tell you, every good cause is not necessarily a call on your life. Because if every good cause were a call on your life, you'd be like a yo-yo. Running from need to need and cause to cause, you need to determine what is my call, what is my burden, what has God wired me for, prepared me for, engineered me for. Typically, your history and your burden and your heart will be wired to what you are called to do. And it's in the presence of God where we discover that. Uh, Some of you know, we talked a little bit earlier, some of you know the history of this church, that about 10 years ago, myself and the pastoral team and about 40, 50 other people from the church, we went on a 40-day season of fasting and prayer because we knew that God wanted to do something. We didn't know exactly what He wanted to do, but there was a burden in our heart, a burden in our heart for our city, a sense within our spirit that something has to change. That God needs to do something. We don't know what, we don't know how, we don't know where, we don't know what method, we don't know what strategy, but God, we know that there's something that you're doing. And at the end of that season of fasting and prayer, we came away with a vision, a vision to reach and teach people throughout this whole city by starting life-giving communities of faith all over this city in multiple neighborhoods. Now, And at that time, we were one church... meeting at one place, in one community, in one neighborhood. But you see, it was through fasting and prayer and seeking God that God gave clarity to the vision, expanded our borders, gave us a new vision of what it could be. And now several years later, we're working on our 10th location, meeting in multiple parts of the sea. Where did that come from? That came from fasting and prayer, coming before God. We have a burden, but we don't know how to achieve that burden. We have a burden that needs to give way to a vision that needs to give way to change in our life. Some of you right now, your mission field doesn't need to be Africa, doesn't need to be China, doesn't need to be your community. Your first mission field needs to be your own life. Because right now, as you look at yourself in the mirror, God is working in your life, and what we call a burden that's a personal burden, we call it conviction. And some of you right now, God is convicting you that your life right now doesn't match what God has called you to be. That right now you're not living the way God wants you to live. That right now you're not reflecting His image and His glory. You look at your heart and you say, I'm far from where God wants me to be. And so there's a heaviness on your heart. There's a conviction about, on your spirit, when you're not living the way God wants you. And you have a new vision of where He wants you to be, when you receive a report that this this is what it means to be a man of God or a woman of God. And you look at your life and your life doesn't reflect it. Conviction sets in. And maybe you just thought, I'm just going to attend services. I'm just going to be okay. No one knows the condition of my heart. But in a service just like this, the Holy Spirit begins to move. And you start getting a fresh vision of what God wants to be, do in your life. And there's a fresh revelation of where you're at spiritually. And you start feeling a heaviness, a burden about where you're at. Now, you can do two things when you feel a burden and a heaviness about where you're at. You can run from it. Some people do that. They say, well, I went to church at one time and I felt so heavy, so... I'm just never going back to that place. Or you can feel the burden of your heart, the conviction of your spirit... And that conviction will not go away until you finally say, yes, Lord. I bow my knee, I repent, I confess my sin, I turn my back on those things that I know are not right, God. I give my life over to you. I yield over to you, God, because I've walked away from you. I'm not living according to your ways. And it's then through the power of repentance and forgiveness that that burden is lifted from our life and that we can begin to enjoy life in God like he wants us to live. Are you tracking with me this morning? So you can run, I praise, O Lord, great God of heaven, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love to those who love him and obey his commandment. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer that your servant is praying. For 40 months, for 100 days, he fasted, prayed, mourned. He was driven to the presence of God. Listen, this burden needs to lead you to God, not away from God. Can I tell you this? Some of you, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to drive you away from God because every time you get around the things of God, you feel a little guilty and a little convicted, so you decide, I don't want to feel convicted or bad, so I'm just going to stay away. So hey, don't look at me like you've never done that before. Like, not me? And then when you come back, you feel convicted again, and so you stay away a little bit more. The other thing that you can do is just try to ignore the conviction and the pain and numb yourself towards it. So when you hear the Spirit of God telling you to do something, you say, no, 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 you push it back later, 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 and what happens is you develop callous to the Spirit of God. That means when you develop a callous, you can show up in church, listen to the Word, and not do anything about it. You don't feel good. You don't feel bad. You don't feel convicted. You feel nothing because there's a callousness to your spirit until God breaks you. Oh, Spirit of the living God, I pray right now, if there's anybody that's callous right here, that you would break their heart beginning today, that there would be a crack in their spirit, God. Do not let them live with indifference, I pray in Jesus' name. One of the worst places you could be is a place of callous and hardness. Because it's a place where you, nothing gets in, but let, listen, nothing gets out either. When you're callous and hard, if you're callous and hard today, listen, the Spirit of God can't get in, but you, you can let nothing out. You can't love the people around you. You can't receive love. You can't give love. You can't communicate freely. You know why? You're calloused. You say, well, Pastor, I don't want to go to the place of pain. Well, if you going to the place of breaking, you're going to go to the place of pain. But unless you're willing to go to the place where God can break you, then you, can't, you have to be honest, open, confess, Stop hiding behind lies. It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. But it's going to be liberating. There has to be a willingness to acknowledge your faults and come clean. I Confess the sins of we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. Listen. If you're going to pray through your burden, you need to take responsibility for what you've done wrong. Some of you go to pray before God and you say, well, it's my wife's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's the alderman's fault. It's my neighbor's fault. It's my daddy's fault. It's President Bush. Everybody, but if you're going to come clean, you have to take responsibility for what is your fault. I take responsibility for my life. Those are hard words. Let me tell you, married person, take responsibility for your attitude. Stop blaming your wife. Stop blaming your husband. Take responsibility for your life. There needs to be an understanding and a trust in the promises of God's word. Nehemiah says to God, remember the instruction you gave to your servant Moses. Nehemiah starting to quote scripture to God. Hey. I thought God wrote it. He should know it. Why is Nehemiah quoting it to him? You see, we quote scripture to God to remind us of what God has said and remind us of the promises of God. You need to remember that what God's promises are, and God is reminding Nehemiah the promises that God gave them. And lastly, there needs to be a boldness to ask God for success and favor if he leads us to step out in faith. Notice the end of verse 11. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Listen, if, God is, if you have a burden on your heart for your own life or for your marriage or your family or your neighborhood, then you need to let that burden simmer inside of you. And then when you're done coming before God, then you need to get up and you need to do what God has told you to do. You say, well, pastor, it's difficult. Get up and ask God for success to grant it to you. Get up. Here I am. Grant me power and success to be able to accomplish what you've placed on my heart to do, that's action. Some of you have been praying so long, you need to get up and do something about what God has already said to you. Some of you haven't prayed, you're trying to do stuff, but you need to get before God and say, God, give me clarity of vision. But if you have a burden for your own life, for someone around you, for your family, for your neighborhood, then you need to start by giving it to God and saying, God, clarify the vision of what I need to do with this burden. Are you feeling
0: the tug of God on your life? For a specific purpose? Is God calling you to take action around an area of your life that needs attention? Well, we've been listening to Mark Job on Moody Presents. You know, frankly, the tendency for many people is to kind of wait around for lightning to strike before they do much of anything. Not Nehemiah, though. He approached God with boldness and then took action. Next week, we're going to dive deeply into Nehemiah chapter 2, and there we'll wrestle with the issue of God's timing when it comes to taking next steps. We hope you can join us then. Remember, if you've missed any message in this great series, Rebuild, go to MoodyPresents.org to listen anytime, anywhere on demand. That's MoodyPresents.org. I'm John Gager, and on behalf of Dr. Mark Job, Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.